What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. With Neil Humphreys, as we look back on many of the greats of music who have died over the last couple of years, you know, we look mm. back two or three years. How about this list? Tom Petty, David Bowie, Chuck Berry, Glenn Campbell, George Michael, Glenn Fry, Prince, Aretha Franklin, mm. and Joe Cocker. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that surprising in the sense that you have to think back, when was the birth of rock and roll? Mm. It was the 50s yeah. and early 60s. So therefore, you just do the basic maths. Now we're in 2017, 2018. Unfortunately, the, the rock pioneers are going to start leaving us. Uh, and uh, the surprising ones, are, of course, the likes of David Bowie and all the rest, because they were slightly younger. Yeah, he Prince. was 69. I think he hadn't hit 70 yet. But he had a very... <laughs> Uh, shall we say, uh, hedonistic lifestyle. Yeah, yes. So it's not that entirely surprising. No, I mean, you, you mentioned to me earlier in the week, didn't you? You said you saw this Joe Cocker documentary and you, mm. you asked me to look at it. And I must say, I thought it was fabulous on Netflix. Um, and and I, said to, I said to my mother-in-law, I said, um, I'm, she said, what are you watching? I said, I'm watching a documentary on Joe Cocker. And she said, Oh, is he Kenny Rogers? No, he's Joe Cocker. Well, which one is Kenny Rogers? Oh. Kenny Rogers. Yeah, but he's got a beard. Oh. Yeah, but they're too many. I've got a beard. <laughs> there are many different people. So, no, it was actually Joe Cocker. But, I mean, the first thing to say about the Joe Cocker documentary, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's on Netflix, so you can watch it anytime. Mm. The, the second thing was, and I know it sounds obvious, you know, there's a there's a theme running through the show today, Jason, and it's it's voices that transcend your, your average singing voice. And my word, did Joe Cocker have a voice? Yeah, he did. I mean, let's giving people some perspective on on him. You know, he came from Sheffield in in Yorkshire, yep. and he really burst onto the scene in Woodstock uh, in 1969. He was 25 years of age then, and he had that kind of soul voice. He's a white, you know, scrawny kind of guy. Uh, he died at the end of 2014. He was living in Colorado at the time. But, mm. of course, his cover of the Beatles, with a little help from my friends, reached number one in the UK in 1968. There was also You Are So Beautiful. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of other. She came in through the bathroom window. And then he had that uh, big revival in the in the 1980s when he did those duets like Up Where We Belong with uh, Jennifer Warnes and, and other ones. You Can Leave Your Hat On were parts yep, of our both films. Both movies, yeah. yeah. So he died uh, at the age of 70 and as we mentioned, one of the many great performers who passed away. But yeah, his place in music as we look back and, and, and a lot of people out there can watch this Netflix documentary currently showing in Singapore. Yeah, I mean, the thing about, I knew he had a good voice, obviously. I mean, it, and he was a part of, on a, on a subliminal level, he was part of me growing up, firstly because of the TV series The Wonder Years, mm. which is still being shown now yes. on Singapore Cable on the, the Hitch channel. That's you, right. It's on almost every day. Yeah. Uh, that, that American coming-of-age comedy drama, Fred Savage, the soundtrack was with a little help from my mm. friends. And that, that gave Joe Cocker a real renaissance in the US because it was a massive hit in the mid-'80s in the UK, ran for about five or six years. And I listened to that song again, um, obviously watching the documentary, and I watched it on YouTube. The note he hits, that guttural scream, roar, whatever you want to call it, near the end of the song, is utterly extraordinary. I mean, look, it's one of the few songs where it's uh, of, of the Beatles where the cover is better than the original. Mm. That's faint praise, damning it with faint praise a little bit, because the original singer was Ringo Starr. So. Yeah, the weakest singer in the Beatles who's a drummer. Yeah, not, not, the, not the hardest achievement in the world to out-sing Ringo Starr. But that said, those notes he hits at the end of the song, the scream that he hits, I didn't realise until I did some reading that Joe Cocker, although it was you know his biggest hit and everybody wanted to see it in concert right up until his death, he always saved it towards the end for a couple of reasons. One, 
it's the encore, obviously. Mm. But two, he always said that, particularly in his drinking days, and we'll mm. probably get to that, he was a heavy drinker. He even drank on stage mm. in, in, in his prime. And Correct. he said he needed the drink, the, 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 the whiskey, <laughs> the risky, gravelly <laughs> right, you know, right. tone that it gave his voice. That almost that almost like it was drenched in the American mm. South, you know, mm. that, that whiskey voice that he had. But he said he needed 14, 15 songs to reach mm. that level of that vocal warm-up yeah. where yeah. he could hit that scream, the high notes, at the end of With a Little Help from My Friends. And the reason I bring that up was because in 2002, one of his great performances, he performed at the Queen's Golden Jubilee. Yes. And, uh, and he was asked by the royal family to sing that song because apparently it was a big hit with the Queen herself. Mm. And he was, a, you know, he was still a boy, he was still a lad from Yorkshire, <laughs> so he came back from America to do it. But he was very nervous because it was a one-song thing. You know, he came, everyone mm. had a song. Mm-hmm. But you watch that performance and he absolutely nails it. He, he's got the Queen, the, the members of Queen backing him up. Right. You know, you've got... Playing for the Queen with who's the Who's a long-haired guitarist with a dodgy haircut? Uh, I forgot. Brian May. Brian May, yes. Brian yes, May with yeah. an awful hairstyle. Yeah, you but know. what a guitarist. But great guitarist. He, he's playing alongside him. But what's interesting about that, and do watch it on YouTube, he nails that. But then they come out, Jason, at the end for an encore and they do All You Need Is Love. Mm. And uh, and all the big hitters of the time, Phil Collins, Paul McCartney, Rod Stewart, Queen, mm. they're all performing. Brian Wilson from yeah, uh, Beach the Boys. Beach Boys, they're yep. all there. Rod Stewart sings the first few lines of All You Need Is Love, mm. and he's awful. Mm. I'm a big fan of Rod Stewart, but talk about... <laughs> Your mum's favourite, right? Oh, well, I can't see Rod Stewart not in spandex anyway because yeah. of my mum's obsession. That's the yeah. first thing. But it's the wrong song for him. Mm. Paul McCartney sings, and remember, John Lennon sang the yes, song, so correct. it doesn't sound too good. Joe Cocker sings a few lines and he blows them away. Brian Wilson, Eric Clapton, Paul McCartney, Rod Stewart, they are all on stage singing different parts of this song. And I tell you, Jason, Joe Cocker Mm. is in a league of his own in that song. Look, I've got a story for you. You you spoke about um, Joe Cocker's drinking and his drug taking. Because after that Woodstock performance in 1969, and I think they did his tour, the Mad Dog uh, tour with uh, Leon Russell, and it was really good. And basically, he was touring for a year, if not longer. He was just so much into drinking and drugs, he completely went into the dark side. He, his family was worried about him and he disappe- disappeared really for a couple of years. Mm. And his whole, really in the 70s, a lot of his career w- wasn't great because of this battle that he had with, with drinks, drink and drugs. Mm. So in 1984, I was a, a young journalist covering music uh, in Australia for uh, a TV station. Uh, it's just one of the jobs that I did. Joe Cocker did a comeback tour uh, in Australia. Remember that he was thrown out of Australia for drinking and getting in a fight. <laughs> I think it was marijuana possession about 1972 and 1973. Oh, so which had, would have endeared him to South Australia. Yes. He was a huge cult figure in Australia. He was. He was. But I always remember this. In 1984, he was doing this comeback tour. He was just around 40 years old. He looked like he was 60 or 70 mm. years old because of the abuse. And I remember I was in a group of journalists interviewing him in a media conference in, in Sydney and he, you could tell it was a massive ordeal for him just mm. to sit there and talk to journalists. Which he didn't like. He didn't like it. You know, he was a kind of, a, as you mentioned, from Sheffield in Yorkshire, and he was a bit of a, an odd bod, really. And he'd be the first to admit that. And we remember how he sang on the stage, moving his fingers and, yeah, and arms yeah. in a really strange way. At the end of the interview, you could tell they brought him a bottle of beer and a glass, and he sat down, and his hands were shaking, and he's pouring the beer into the glass and that was almost like his reward to get through yeah. that and he did that in front of everybody I'm sure and he was four, he wasn't even like he's 40 years old he's not a, he looked like a 60 year old guy that 
could barely function. Yeah. You know, he was a functioning alcoholic. And the story goes on, and you saw this Netflix uh, documentary on Joe Cocker that's currently showing here in Singapore that he gave up the drink. He did. He went up. He gave up the drink. He met a woman in, in Colorado, and they lived in uh, Colorado. And, and the initial part of that time, he was drinking, but then he gave it up, just gave it up. Yeah, because he had that fear that actually some singers have. I mean, I've heard, I'm not going to say who, but I've heard people working in Singapore in the voice industry, DJs who who haven't quit smoking because they fear that they'll mm. lose that gravelly timbre, that tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and some uh, rock singers who drink the whiskey, they think it actually helps lubricate their throat. And he had, he says in a documentary, he had a genuine fear that if he gave up the drink, he would lose his voice. Mm. I know it sounds absurd, but yeah. a lot of singers do feel that. And it didn't. In fact, it improved his voice and he had a real sort of uh, second wind, if you like, an Indian summer that no one expected. I remember being in Australia and it, uh, in the sort of late 2000s, uh, 2010, sorry, mm. and he was still selling out. He was still yep. selling out big parks, big arenas with that huge voice of his. So... He went a bit Benjamin Button because he started to look slightly younger. <laughs> he did, you're right. He didn't look much different you know? from, from like, he, he died at the age of 70. When you compare him to, like, 65 and 40, when I interviewed him, he didn't look much different. Didn't look much different, and the voice was still there. He was still hitting all the high notes. But And, and when you compare him to the 70s, there's some famous footage of him drinking on stage. Yeah, and, and he just, couldn't f- complete concerts. No, he was almost passing out in front of the <laughs> microphone. I mean, it's kind of legendary. He would go back. Oh, the other thing that I found extraordinary, they used to keep a bucket. They would keep a bucket because he would throw up between songs, throw up, squeak from a bottle, and do the next song. It's incredible. It's extraordinary. It reminds me of the famous Richard Burton story that Richard Burton, in his heyday, never did a a performance sober. Mm. And he performed with Julie Andrews in the famous production of Camelot. And I think he had a bet with one of the hell hell raisers of the day, like Richard Harris was Mm. there or someone like that, but with a fellow actor. And he said, I bet you... I could do a performance of Camelot with Julie Andrews whilst drinking a full bottle of, of vodka, which I will swig <laughs> off stage between oh. scenes. And they bet him. And afterwards, so there'd be an independent judge. Yeah. They went to Julie Andrews and they said, how would you rate that performance? She'd go, better than normal. <laughs> <laughs> full bottle of vodka. Oh, dear. So, those were the days, eh? Yeah, those were the days. So, uh, again, we're talking about uh, all the, the rock stars that have left us. Uh, of course, Aretha Franklin is the most recent. Mm. But uh, Joe Cocker is one that uh, left us around uh, three or four years ago. Do watch the Netflix documentary on this uh, great British singer. And you're listening to Weekend Mornings on Money FM 89.3.